0: Hi, and welcome to the first ever KNUSCast. Today, we're going to be answering some questions. Uh, But first, let us introduce ourselves. I'm here with the entire board of KNUS. I'm Anna. I use the pronouns she, her, and I'm the treasurer
1: of this year. And hi, I'm Jonathan. I'm going to be chair of KNUS, and I use he, him pronouns.
2: And I am Sam. I'm going to be the secretary
3: of KNUS, and I go by she, her i'm charlie i use he him pronouns and i'm going to be the commissioner internal affairs right so now you know our names uh, we're gonna be
0: answering questions that you might have as a first year, as we just said. Um, if you're a second year or third year or whatever year listening to this, you might have had these questions in the past, or you might just want to listen to us, which we love. Thank you for listening. We will have other episodes in the future talking about other things that you might find more interesting or like that might concern you more. Uh, but please, please keep on listening. We love to do this. Um, from now on, you might uh feel like we sound differently. That's because we are gonna be recording the answers to the questions separately in our own home, our own place, because that's easier. So yeah, without further ado,
1: uh, let's answer some questions. Hi. Jonathan here again as the chair of NERS. Um, So you are probably wondering right now, what is nurse? What do you do? So, nurse is the Study Association for Alchemy and and Arts and Culture Studies at Radboud University in Nijmegen. Nurse, which is the name of the study association, is a Dutch word that translates as cozy and comfy, which is the atmosphere we uh, want to create for our members. The study association organizes both study-related and informal events for the members, which is made possible by the hard work of the committees that we have. Um, the events that we are organizing are, for example, study workshops, lecture talks, networking events, film screenings, greens, parties, and any other art and culture-based activities.
3: What are committees? Can I join them? And how do I do that? Committees are the organizational power of an association, so CNUS's committees are responsible for organizing certain types of events for CNUS. Uh, these events tend to be specific to the committees, so for example, the Cineco organizes film screenings, Arco organizes art creation events, that kind of thing. Canis um, members will go to the events that committees organize. Um, you don't need to be a committee member to go to a committee's event, but if you want to get involved in organizing it, you should join a committee. Um, committees tend to have 5-10 to 10 people in them, based on just how much planning needs to happen. If you're super curious about what each committee does exactly, you can check out our website. Anyone can join a committee, and you can join as many as you like. Uh, the atmosphere in committees is really lovely, and you form a proper team with the people you work with. It's a great way to make friends.
0: All right, let's get into it. Um, how many committees can you then sign up for and is there a limit? Well, first of all, no, there is no limit. You can sign up for and become a member for as many committees as you like. However, most people will feel like two or three committees are a fair amount of work on top of your studies and social life. Uh, for example, like Charlie, he was in two committees last year and managed to be an active and reliable member in both of them. But it, like, it really depends on what you as an individual can handle because I was in six committees and that's not even counting all the committee work I did outside of committees I mean, I, I just like to stay busy and I definitely made sure that I was. I'm pretty sure no other person did what I did, though, like managed to be active and fairly reliable in that many committees. Um, I do think it's like mostly important to not spread yourself too thin and just, you know, sign up to become a member of as many committees as you like, because you can always join more committees later on or leave them at any point during the year. You know, we'd rather have you be a truly valuable member in just one committee than you stressing yourself out over not being able to properly contribute to so many of them.
3: Do committees come with a huge workload? Yes and no. Uh, The workload comes and goes based on how soon your committee has something to be finishing, like uh, planning an event or publishing something. Uh, Depending on the committee, you'll probably not even think about your committee work for weeks at a time, which means it's really easy to fit around your studies. The average member will probably spend around four hours per period working for their committee, but this obviously depends. If you're someone who really applies themselves and likes to take on extra work, you will spend more time working. Um... Working for a committee is volunteer work, you're not uh, paid, so there isn't going to be a problem if you take a period or more off to do schoolwork. Of course, this is assuming that you give people warning. If you just slack off without explaining why, that's obviously not very cool. Inversely, if you do more than just what's asked of you, you will earn the adoration of your committee head, and your committee will be very grateful as well. Committee life is what you make it. It's worth mentioning that you can join and leave committees as you please, but you do need to let me or the relevant committee head know. So the
2: next question is how do I sign up to KNUS? Well, to sign up to KNUS, you will need to fill out an application form, and this form can be found on our website, which is knus-studievereniging.nl, but you can also just um, check this in the transcribed version. Um, You can download the form there. You can fill it out either digitally or on paper, save or scan it, and then mail it to us or give it to us in person. Uh, You are, of course, also more than welcome to ask us for a form in person, and if you have any questions whatsoever about the form, please don't hesitate to contact one of the board members. Um, We would love to help you out. Then you might be wondering, can I come to events? Yes, the answer is yes, definitely. Please join us. We would love to have you. Do not think that you're not welcome at events just because you haven't organized them or because you don't really know what they are or you haven't been that active within Knus. The events are organized for you. When I was a first year, I remember thinking, man, I'm not sure if I can even go to this event. Was this organized for me? I'm just a teeny tiny first year. But I soon found out that everyone is welcome at events organized by Knus. As a first year, going to events is actually a great way to make new friends and to have fun with your peers. Also, by attending an event, you'll be supporting the committee members who worked very hard to organize it. So please, come to events. I look forward to seeing you there. All right, so then you come to an event and you're like,
0: now what? Can help me make friends hell yeah baby we're all here to connect and have fun together i i mean i love going to all organized events to mingle and get to know new people with similar interests to mine you know the monthly drinks at of alternatif are especially great for this there i actually met the people i now consider some of my best friends most events are meant to make it easy or easier for you to make friends and socialize in general You'll meet people you like for sure, I think. I think Charlie's also a great example of this, because he's not even in our study, but he's been very welcome and was easily adapted into a group of
3: people he really got along with. Is it weird for me to message the board members? I sometimes joke that I spend my days and nights waiting by my phone for a WhatsApp notification. But while the waiting by the phone part is a joke, it's true that I absolutely love hearing from members, and so does the rest of the board. We're all sociable and would love to chat with you, and you can message us about things that are more serious, too any questions suggestions or complaints are welcome and the quickest way to reach us is directly via whatsapp there's no hierarchy and beyond responsibilities yes we are the board but that mostly just means that we do a lot of work uh, we're just second and third year students at the same university as you so there's nothing weird about just reaching out to talk to us
0: all right let's get into some more serious questions uh let's start talking about classes first question where can i find my schedule and what does it all mean All right, you can find your schedule on Osiris or Osiris. It shows the classroom, time, professor, name of the class, of course, and the kind of class. You might have lectures, seminars, workshops, etc. Osiris is also used for a lot of other things. I suggest you take a look yourself. A website that I like to use to navigate to my schedule or other programs is the RU Portal, which is uh, portal.ru.nl. From there, you can easily navigate to your personal schedule, Brightspace, which you use for course information and homework, course guides, your email, and other important information regarding your studies. So then where can you get your books? Well, Knus has a great deal with a local bookstore, Dekker van de Vecht in Nijmegen. They sell all the books you need for 10% off. You can select your year and period. It should all be self-explanatory. You should find it on knuss.dekkervandevechtstudieboeken.nl, which is a little hard to write if you're an international, but um, it should be in a transcribed version and on our website. You can find your book list with all the books you might need per course in their respected course syllabi, the syllabus you can find on Brightspace. So let's get back to the subject of classes and let's talk about grades for a little bit. Because how do you pass courses and do you have to pass every course to pass the year? And then what happens if you don't pass your courses? So, okay, this might get a little mathematical, so bear with me. In total, you can obtain 60 study points, also known as ECs, in your first year. These points are divided over your courses, most of them allowing you to obtain 5 to 10 of these points if you pass the course that is. You pass a course if you get a passing grade for every test in this course, which is usually one essay and one written exam or just one of those. A passing grade is anything from a 5.5 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10. If you do not get a passing grade for a test right away, you can sign up for a reset. If you then fail the reset, you will have to retake the entire course next year. Having to retake a course in the next year does not mean you failed the year. You will still pass your year if you obtain 45 out of the 60 ECs or study points. That means you can fill about two or three courses depending on how many ECs you were able to get from that course in the first place and still pass your first year. This might have calmed you down, but maybe it actually stressed you out more. I think it's important to stay in contact with your study advisor and your mentor anyway. If you ever struggle with passing a sufficient amount of courses or your mental health in general, it is good to have these people be aware of this so you can come up with a solution together. You're never alone. Let's get into another kind of serious question. What is a P, also known as a Propodizer or Propodutic Diploma, and what is a BSA? Let's start with what the BSA is, because I kind of already mentioned that in the last question. A BSA is basically the X amount of study points you need to have obtained at the end of the year to be able to continue your studies. Usually, the BSA is 45 out of the 60 you can obtain, but last year it had been lower due to COVID-19. If you would benefit from having the BSA be lowered for you, get in contact with your mentor or study advisor and explain your situation. They are more than willing to help. Now, let's imagine, I hope this doesn't become reality, but I think it's important you still know, you do not obtain the BSA. What happens then? Officially, this means you have to drop out of the studies. You can still study something else, but if you want to do ACS or ACW at Rapport University again, you would have to wait three years to be allowed to re-enroll and try again. This sounds pretty scary, maybe, I know. But this doesn't have to happen. You can always figure something out with a study advisor if you approach them in time. Then a P, or Popadize Diploma, is something you get if you manage to obtain all 60 ECs or study points of the first year. Those 60 points are divided over all mandatory first year courses. You can still get your P if you pass a portion of the first year courses in the second year. What is the use of a P then? If you have your P, you can technically drop out, do something else for a while, or return to studies at any time without losing your progress made priorly. Then, where do you go for questions or advice about your study progress, changing your schedule, or similar issues? I've mentioned them a couple of times already, but you should definitely reach out to the study advisor or ask your student mentor. Your student mentor has followed the same courses and knows your lecturers, therefore might be able to relate to you better. If you need more administrative help, you can of course still talk to your student mentor, but your study advisor might be able to provide better help. It is all up to you in the end, but just know that there are resources for you.
1: Okay, um, the next topic is uh, a bit more serious but still always really important to talk about mental health. Uh, You might be uh, wondering for example uh, if the university can help you if you are experiencing mental health problems or where to go. It is good to know that the university uh, does offer multiple possibilities to which you can turn to when you experience problems with your mental health. You can find all of the possible support systems on the website. Um, You can find a roadmap there uh, in which you can see which support system might be the right choice for you. In general, you can contact the student psychologists for things related to your mental health. Uh, While there is mental health care available outside of the university, it might be easier to try the student psychologists first to see if they can help you. Uh, And they can also give you more information if you need it. If your mental health is affecting your studies, you will need to approach the study advisors about it. Because they can help you take uh, any, if you need any adjustments such as taking less courses for example. However, uh, be mindful of rather than just letting them know about the problems that you are experiencing, let them know about what you need to change about the way that you're studying. So just focus on what you need them to do for you to make things easier for you studying-wise. However, the most important thing uh, in this conversation However, the most important thing, um, if you have any struggles, if you are experiencing uh, a tricky situation, uh, let people know that you are struggling. You don't need to go into detail, but there is no shame in experiencing problems. There is no shame in having um, troubles with your mental health, but it is important to let people know. So you might also be wondering, um, where to go if you have any complaints, uh, about the courses, about course content, or just in general, how much influence you have, uh, while you are a student. Um, in this program, there are a lot of ways to actually share your thoughts and opinions. Um, first, you have the course evaluations. So, um, generally, or always uh, after you finish a course, you will get an email um, that asks you to uh, fill in the course evaluations. Um, So make sure to check your uh, mailbox frequently so you don't miss them. Uh, In the course evaluations, you can express your honest feelings about specific courses and teachers, and they are anonymous, so you don't have to hold back on your opinions. And of course, um, the course evaluations are also discussed. Um, You might have heard about the OSA already. Um, The OSA is also known as the Appliance Committee or the Program Committee. This is a group that is made of uh, students and teachers um, in the program. You can contact the OSA if you have a specific or a certain issue that you would like to raise. For example, about specific course content. Again, uh, please make sure to fill out the evaluations because only if there is a certain number of people filling them out they can be looked at uh, in the meetings that the OSA has. I'm in the OSA um, this year uh, as well as other people in the third year so uh, if you have any issues um, approach us but if there is a problem with a teacher or course in the first place make sure to approach them directly and talk with them about it. Uh, because it is always better to address a problem head-on to avoid any misunderstandings. If this does not work out, or if you feel uncomfortable to do so, talk about it with people that you trust or the fellow students in the OSA.
2: Now let's move on to homework-related questions, because you might be wondering, where can I find my homework and other course information? You might have heard of Brightspace, but you're wondering, what exactly is that? So let me tell you. The most important website or platform for your studies is the Radboud Portal, which is portal.ru.nl. Here you can log in with your student number and password, which will bring you to a place full of useful links to various other sites and platforms that you can use for your studies. In the top left, you will find the most important web page of them all, which is Brightspace. On Brightspace, all the information about the courses you're currently taking will be made available to you. This is the space where your professors will post announcements, display homework and post any other course related information. In the beginning, Brightspace might seem overwhelming, but it is actually really easy to navigate. Go ahead and just browse around for a bit. You'll soon get familiar with the page. So now you've found the place where your homework is going to be posted, you might be thinking, oh my god, this is so much. How am I going to get all of this done? Well, don't worry. Let me tell you a bit about my own experience um, regarding assigned projects and homework and if you can set your own priorities. So um, when I first started ACS, I took the assigned coursework very seriously and I mean very seriously. Um, I did literally every single thing but I soon realized that I I could set priorities for myself. For example, readings are generally of a lower priority than assignments. Um, but even if you really want to do every single reading, you can s- uh, still see for yourself when you want to do them. I found that you don't always have to follow the exact schedule that your lecturer gives you. You can actually decide to do the readings or film screenings on another day or time um, that suits your own schedule much better. Also about readings, you don't have to read every text from start to finish. You can easily just scan over it and look at the intro and conclusion and highlighted parts. When I started doing this, I found that I had way more free time on my hands and you will soon find out what works best for you, uh, whether that is doing everything that you get assigned, um, skipping a few readings here and there or only doing the essential homework. Just give it time. Don't compare your study strategy to um, others too much and don't stress yourself out. <laughs> You'll be fine. So let's talk a bit about exams and first off, how to take notes. Let me just begin by saying there is not one right way to take notes. Um, Different things work best for different people. Some general advice that I would give is um, a lot of the time you will be able to access the PowerPoint presentation after your lecture. So don't waste too much time writing down all the information on the slides. It's useful, though, to write down the number of the slide or the heading um, so you can come back to these slides to take a closer look. However, if you're like me and you actually enjoy taking notes, you can use keywords or key phrases to summarize what your professor is saying. Are you still not sure how you would like to tackle your notes? Well, don't worry, because Knus will be hosting a note-taking workshop at the start of the year, so stay tuned for that. And because I keep saying there's not one right way to study for exams or to prepare or to take notes, um, it might be useful to share some of our own experiences regarding coursework because you might recognize yourself in one of us and um, be like, okay, that approach sounds good to me. I might mirror that or I might take inspiration from that. Um, So the four of us all take very different approaches to our uni work. Um, Me, for example... I have always been an avid studier. I've always had to work very hard for my academic achievements, which I didn't mind because I like to study. Um, I like reading, doing research, writing essays, taking notes, yada, yada, yada. I really don't mind working hard for university. Um, and Jonathan is very much like me in this respect, um, as he also enjoys studying and everything that comes with it. Um, in contrast, Anna didn't necessarily need to work as hard to get through the year. Um, she had some trouble getting used to the way things went in this study, but after that she could put in pretty low effort to get good grades. Um, wish that were me. <laughs> but if you recognize that like if you have a little uh, a little bit of difficulty getting into um the flow of things at university don't worry you'll get used to it soon enough um charlie didn't have the easiest first year so his energy mainly went to doing the essential assignments he mostly focused on what the professor said was important and he did that And we all got through. (laughs) So really do not compare yourself to the way others approach their studies, find out what works best for you and trust that your way will get you furthest. So now when you've taken your notes and your lectures um, are over with, you might be wondering what is the next step to preparing for an exam? So, like I said, um, with, um, regarding taking notes, there is not one correct way to study for exams. Some people prefer intense studying for three days, maybe, while others might prefer a more laid back approach spread over a longer time period. The way I study for my exam is really similar to what I did in high school. I take pretty elaborate notes, check the course book if I'm missing anything in my notes, um, and I just pay close attention to lectures, or at least I try to. (laughs) And when an exam is coming up, I just study my notes. Um, Sometimes I even make flashcards. (laughs) Isn't that exciting? (laughs) But as I said, um, something completely different might work for you. Maybe you prefer studying from your course book by talking to your friends about the material or by merely. Attending the lectures, just find out what works for you.
1: Okay, so
2: the next part
1: is aimed towards the international first years amongst you. First off, we have a question that was really really important to me in the beginning: How does the Dutch grading system work? So the best mark R uh, is a ten. The system works with percentages, which means a ten is a hundred percent, a seven is a seventy percent. Um, because a 10 is a hundred percent and it's almost impossible to get one because teachers usually tend to say, okay, there's always room for improvement, but especially as a first year, um, it's like really, uh, how to get a 10 because most of your energy will, um, go into getting used to university and finding your way around the city. The threshold for pass at Radboud is a 5.5, which means 55%, um, But unfortunately, grades do get rounded down. So be aware of that. Um, Yeah, if you feel confused about why you received a specific grade, make sure to contact your teacher. Um, They will usually let you explain it to you and give you more extensive feedback if you asked for it. And I definitely recommend you doing this. Um, unless you really want to follow a specific program data or want to pursue exit challenges um, such as the honors program, all you need to do is data at 5.5 or more. Alright, on to the next one, uh, can you get along okay, Nijmegen if you don't or can't speak Dutch yet? Uh, people are usually happy to talk to you in English if you ask them, um, but if you want to participate, for example, in political things within the university, a certain level of Dutch is expected, um, but of course it's a learning curve. Um, The university offers Dutch language courses for international students. You can, for example, take courses in Social Dutch and you will get a certificate uh, when you finish the course. Uh, You can definitely find more information uh, on the page of Redbot Into Languages or just ask us for any help. Uh, Getting used to any language and also to Dutch then is a matter of time. Eventually, you will find yourself understanding basic conversational Dutch if you engage with the culture and are surrounded by Dutch people. Uh, But it might be useful to study some common words or phrases to get a head start. Okay, um so for money things, um, you might be asking yourself, do Visa cards uh, work in the Netherlands? You should really get a Dutch bank account, especially if you plan on staying in the Netherlands, uh, because most places will not accept Visa. Um, some foreign bank cards are accepted, but in any case, you will need to try it out. And to avoid any awkward situations, um, we would re- recommend you to uh withdraw some cash at the ATMs, in the city center, for example, until your new bank card gets delivered. Uh, so obviously, the next question is, how do I create a Dutch bank account? Um, Usually, um, Dutch banks um, want internationals to come to the bank to make an account in person. As you may have heard, CNES has an inclusion committee, or the INCO for short, and they have drawn up a manual and you can find um, more information on how to create a bank account in there. You can of course also ask the committee members or make use of the buddy system.
3: How do I find a room? It is very difficult to find a room outside of SSHN. SSHN? We'll say SSHN. I don't want to bring down the mood or anything, but it'd be very irresponsible not to stress how much hard work goes into finding a room. Especially if you're an international student, a lot of student rooms will say they don't want internationals. Um, They might also have gender requirements. Uh, If you ask what the best way to find a room is, you'll probably get completely different answers from different people. My advice is to try everything at the same time. Use Camernet, use any other website you can find, ask around in group chats, try to form a team with friends so you can widen your search to apartments as well as rooms. Honestly, I found my apartment on Marktplatz and I don't think I could have gotten the viewing if it wasn't for my fiancé who speaks Dutch. (laughs) Make Dutch friends, they come in really handy. SSHN contracts end on the 1st of August, which is really inconvenient for most people. I'd start searching for a place to live months in advance of this because the market in Nijmegen is really, really not good. We started looking for our place in April and we only got our apartment in August. What is the normal price of rent in Nijmegen? This is your knus dad here to tell you to not let anybody charge you more than you can afford. For a room, they could charge anything between 300 and 600 euros a month. This depends on the location, amenities, square meters you're given, and that kind of thing. For an apartment, it can be a lot more. I'm not going to talk about how much my apartment costs per month, but Anna pays 385 euros a month for her room, which is 11 meters squared, uh, five minutes from Central Station, doesn't have a living room, but does have a nice bathroom and kitchen. It's a quite normal or average row house. Some places you look at will try to charge you something ridiculous for something that isn't even that good. They are taking advantage of the housing crisis. Just move on and don't settle. Ask for your contracts in English if you don't speak Dutch, or get a Dutch friend or someone in Knudse to check it with you before you commit to anything. What is there to do in Nijmegen? Huh? What are the hotspots? spots? Uh, this is nice I like I like that I have a nice question to answer um, if you read the nooks you'll know a few things about this already personally I find the city centre quite fun to walk around in even if it is a little a little hair raising sometimes uh, it's great for people spotting if you're not a fan of having to run across zebra crossings uh, there are some lovely places with more nature I sometimes like to walk across a bridge to the Oipolder or to Lent if you've been to the Cronenberger Park you might have noticed you maybe don't want to go back there by yourself and if you've not noticed this this, this is me advising you as your knustad to enjoy the park during daytime or during the evening only with your friends on the topic of parks i really love the yuliana park and i have to admit i do go on the swings where there aren't any children waiting to use them Uh, anna says she likes walking around the honing complex but she says and i agree with her that it's nicest to just go outside walk around the city and try to visit the bars and cultural spots for yourself to find out which ones you like best and that was our final question Uh, If you have any more questions, you can catch our next episodes or you can reach out to us via WhatsApp or our website. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!